is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Executive Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Margot Miller on our show today. As the Program Director of Tech Manitoba, Margot oversees all technology industry events and programs supporting province-wide digital literacy, parity for women working in tech, and developing youth and talent for the tech sector. Prior to joining Tech Manitoba, she managed the acquisition of a tech startup in facial recognition and people tracking technology. Margot is the producer and host of Start Podcast, where she interviews the founders of startups about what it's really like to start a business in the Canadian prairies. She is community-minded and has extensive experience working with nonprofit organizations. In 2017, Margot's community involvement was honored with the Future Leader of Manitoba Award. Margot currently donates her time to the Development Committee of the Winnipeg Art Gallery and the Community Relations Committee for Manitoba 150. In her spare time, she's an avid soccer player and golfer and enjoys hiking and exploring Manitoba and abroad. She was also once the voice of a Canadian cartoon. Welcome to the show, Margot. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Kayla. What a fun introduction all over. I love people with such diverse uh, experience and who, who plug in uh, really fun facts about themselves. Which uh, cartoon uh, were you the voice of out of curiosity? Oh my gosh, it's so funny to, to hear us bring that one up. Um, <laughs> I was the voice of a Canadian cartoon called Noonbori and the Super 7, and oh I was gosh. one of the Super 7. Incredible. Well, there you go. That's a fun fact to kick off our Thrive podcast today. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The, I'm used to the, talking into a microphone for an interview, basically. Amazing. Amazing. So before we dive in, Margot, what is really the one thing that you want our audience to take away from today's conversation? It's so simple of a concept. I want people to know that there are amazing businesses coming out of the Canadian prairies. Mm-hmm. Saying it. I love it. On, honestly, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's what I want to get across. We have so many interesting startups coming out of here and innovation happening here. And for some reason, it just doesn't quite make it into the Canadian conversation. Mm. Especially like, Kayla, if you think of the ag tech sector, so mm-hmm. agriculture technology, of course, which we're starting to see a really strong movement taking over our tech ecosystem, which would be another kind of big step forward for prairie startups and innovation. Mm-hmm. And basically, if you haven't been to the prairies, now's the time. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's so, it's so easy to assume that 
the app, the new like interesting app you're using or product you're using come from a major center. But I think you'd be surprised to know how many times that they're not, that they've actually been founded in the Canadian prairies because there are people here creating amazing businesses. And so I'm excited in today's conversation to hopefully tell you about a few of them. Awesome. So I know you you have conversations um, about these types of businesses through your podcast. Um, so as the producer and host of the Start Podcast, you're interviewing lots of founders of different startups that are building businesses in the Canadian prairies. Um, tell us about the Start Podcast. Why did you think it needed to be launched to begin with? And maybe some of your, your favorite stories that you've come across through being the host. Yeah, I feel like if you're from the prairies and you travel anywhere outside of them, even actually sometimes what you're hearing at home, um, you will have experienced the sentiment of having someone in a big market like Toronto or somewhere else tell you, oh, you live in Winnipeg? When are you moving out here? Mm. Or simply just, or simply they just go, oh, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> I was, I've always been really happy to passionately defend my hometown. But mm. basically at some point we decided there's probably a way to do this on a bigger scale. We basically, we really wanted to showcase what we were so proud of so that others could feel the same, whether those people were local or from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to create an outlet to promote awesome startups coming out of the prairies and also to break down some barriers for people looking to start something new. Because I think often, too, you'll have people who um, maybe don't think that they can um, do it here from the prairies or don't know en enough other examples of people like them who have done it. So the format of Start Podcast is interview style like this one. Mm -hmm. But we only talk to founders of startups who are from the Canadian prairies because we want to ask them how they actually achieve their success from those smaller regional markets. Mm. So we get those real tips and resources of what they did to succeed and then ultimately to help other aspiring entrepreneurs know how they too can get started. And so that was, you know, that's where it stemmed from and where, what it became. And we're really proud of that. Amazing. And through those conversations, what are the common threads that you're hearing through your interviews and what the entrepreneurial ecosystem is like in the Canadian prairies? Yeah, there certainly are many common threads. And, and I'll spend some time on this question. Yeah, because go I think it. it's an important one. Um, so from a numbers perspective, it's growing in, you know, I was just in fact reading an article in the Globe and Mail that was published three days ago. And they said that for in the prairies, after receiving about $140 million in 2018 of investment mm -hmm. and over you know, $55 million the year before in 2017, so you see a big jump in numbers there already, there's a view that the prairies have arrived when it comes to being a true Canadian tech ecosystem, arguably finding equal footing with our peers in Toronto. So the numbers are starting to grow mm. as far as venture capital is concerned and investment is concerned. And a big part of that is due to that ag tech market because people are realizing that we need to spend more money on that food source in our country. Mm. Um, so that's that in and of itself is a whole topic. But there's a few other kind of main differences or, or reasons why people are excited to start businesses in the Canadian prairies. Mm -hmm. And so location is a big one. Given the natural advantage of where we're located, we have that advantage in ag tech and certain industries that simply like Waterloo, Toronto, other places don't have that same land mass of agriculture and people here working in agribusiness, right? So we have that advantage. And then I think it's it's a question too that we love to ask on Start Podcast because we're so proud to hear the mm. responses from our Prairie guests. And so some of those themes, you know, to answer your question is like a real sense of community that we have here. Mm. So that whole theme of, you know, supporting local, it's something that's happening all over the world, I think. But when you're in a smaller center, people are really proud to showcase once they know things are local and to mm -hmm. share what they're doing. People are will really rally around and want to see you succeed if you have a business that they kind of capture the light of in, in this community. Mm -hmm. 
there's also less competition. So in a big city, new ideas can sometimes get lost in a flood of other ideas, right? Where there's a lot of distractions even, like for you starting your own business or for other people trying to help you. Everyone is mm -hmm. pulled in many directions in the nature of our like working market in general in the world. But again, when you're in a smaller community, there's less of those distractions. And so people are often willing to offer more time to support you. And businesses that come out of here are held up quicker and examined more closely. So it doesn't mean it mean necessarily that you're going to be bound for success right away, mm -hmm. but it certainly means that you can validate an idea faster and get the supports that you need to do so also faster. Hmm, fantastic. Well, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. And of course, at the end of the day, too, like the, the really wonderful argument that I can give even of just living here. So the mm. cost of living and doing business here is cheap. Mm -hmm. Right. And we have good tax credits, things like, you know, Saskatchewan has the STSI tax credit in Manitoba. We have a 45 percent small business venture capital tax credit. And we also have the innovation growth program. So if you are around here, those are some things that you can look up to quickly kind of help you. And, uh, and, you know, we like to say a funny, a funny quote around here. If you can sell, sell it in Winnipeg, you can sell it anywhere. <laughs> so basically we have a smaller market, cheaper market. The argument is that locally people want to understand value before they buy, before they pay full price. Like a lot of people don't want to do that here. Mm. So if, if you can get your startup going here, it might be a struggle, but once you do, you've basically validated your product in our market that will make other markets now a lot easier. Wow. Well, that was definitely a digest. That was the pitch. <laughs> that was a wonderful pitch there, Margo, in that short <laughs> right? period of time. And then come, come to Manitoba. Yeah, there exactly. you go. got to put the, the pitch on the end. Brought to you by. Amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. you're also incredibly passionate about women-owned businesses. Um, and I would like to talk about that as well with that additional layer. Um, what are women-owned businesses coming out of the prairies looking like? What does that look like in your ecosystem? Yeah, there's certainly a big mix like anywhere else. We need more women in tech and women mm -hmm. in, you know, certain industries. And that's something that a lot of people are working on. But, you know, the fun part of this question is there are some really cool female owned startups coming out of the prairies. Mm. And there are groups you can go to to see lists of them, like the Women's Enterprise Center and places mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, we can get into those when we talk about resources, too. But, um you know, one big topic that's becoming quite popular in the world right now, for example, is mindfulness, right? Like there's big meditation apps and mindfulness apps like Calm and Headspace that are attracting customers from all over the world. Well, out of Manitoba, we have one. And so there's some women named Kaylee Lefko and Josiane Barnabé, and they founded a company called Educalm Inc. Mm -hmm. And they're out of Manitoba. They're actually episode 24 of Start Podcast. There and you go. Um, they have created a series of tools to help teachers, so educators in the classroom, bring mindfulness and social emotional learning into their classrooms. Mm -hmm. And they have it as a bilingual platform too, which you know many areas of Manitoba are quite strongly bilingual, mm -hmm. and that's something not everyone necessarily mm -hmm. knows, um, being far away from Quebec. But we do have a very big bilingual community, and so that was important to them when they started that. But so they have these mindfulness programs for the classroom, which I can only imagine with COVID-19 mm -hmm. is something that's going to be even more impactful as teachers deal with anxiety of students in their classroom. So that's a really cool one that I'm hoping to see kind of big growth on in the next little while. Very cool. Um, there's also, so Alicia Sulier, who is out of um, Saskatchewan, she has a company called Salon Scale Technology, and they are so cool. So this is a, a SaaS company, so software as a service, that grew over 700% in their first year, which wow. was 2018, Oof. which is crazy. 
They use Bluetooth technology to allow hair salons to calculate hair color costs in real time. So basically before, people would, you know, my hair is about four feet long. It costs the same price as someone else's hair that's like medium length. Like really there were kind of, you know, two or three price points. It wasn't per amount of product actually used. And so salons have a very small margin as it is, surprising, which might be surprising when women are paying a lot for their hair color, when we feel like it's a lot, but actually quite a small margin. So what she, her app has done with Salon Scale is tell you the exact cost of hair color being poured for every bowl that's mixed, which fills an extremely well-researched product market fit that Alicia had identified because she was a salon owner. Wow. So, And the numbers, like if you look at the numbers of this business and how they've grown, and even were able to grow over 100% during COVID-19 when salons were closed, which will also blow your mind, wow. um, like she's just crushing it. So there are some really, really cool businesses. And that product is being used all over the world already. And you would never know that it came out of the prairies. Incredible. And I'm always, yeah, exactly. They're coming out um, with these global businesses coming through the prairies. We've always noticed that with our Canadian Export Challenge, with our uh, Canny Awards, the Canada Awards for Innovation Entrepreneurship. When we give a stage to the prairies, there are such incredible innovations that people might assume are coming out of downtown Toronto or Vancouver, um, but are coming from this this really special part of Canada. Um, so I think it's it's more of a perception challenge than it is obviously um, you know lack of innovation. So giving a podium and a space uh, for these incredible innovators and entrepreneurs to share their businesses and where their roots are coming from is so powerful. Yeah, totally agree. That's why it's so important to have organizations like yours, like Startup Canada, that do give that stage and platform and awards across the country mm -hmm. so that when you're kind of like flicking through, looking at the different awards, maybe you're curious of people in your community, but because they're all in one big list, you'll automatically see ones from other communities and you'll be interested to click on them and learn more. And that's why like, it's really important to not just have regional awards, but also ones that are across the country, like some of the stuff that you guys do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So talking a, a little bit or switching gears into a different space, um, I know in your bio, we were talking about the rural urban divide a little bit and what that means when it comes to entrepreneurship. Um, what what does that look like um, in the prairies? What conversations have you been having around this divide um, when it specifically comes to entrepreneurship? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the work that I do with Tech Manitoba centers around digital literacy. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, as a term, it's been coined, but digital literacy just basically means your ability to use digital technology, mm -hmm. something as basic as a computer. Okay. So right now there is a rural urban divide that spans many topics and many industries, not just entrepreneurship. So it, it's, this is essentially a really big question, Kayla, but, yes. <laughs> um, but as a first step in, in talking about this topic, you have to talk about connectivity. Mm -hmm. So basically there's with so many resources right now going virtual during COVID-19, it's really awesome, right? Like there's programs like, you know, startup accelerators and, and um, incubators and things like that, that are, now all across the country that you don't have to fly somewhere to access. So if you are remote or rural, you're getting more access to some really cool opportunities. Mm -hmm. However, if your community doesn't have good connectivity, that basically goes out the window, mm -hmm. right? So for this to work, Canada ultimately needs to step up its remote and rural access to broadband connectivity to mm -hmm. essentially give accessible and consistent internet mm -hmm. to these remote and rural communities. And with that, digital literacy training and support. So although, and I think the key thing here is that that people kind of think of, they think, well, people do have cell phones and they do have access and things like that. And although wireless connectivity may be available in many of these remote rural areas of Canada and Manitoba has quite a few, right? We have, we have a really big center in Winnipeg at the bottom and then we have a lot of rural and remote after that. We don't really have any other major hubs. Mm -hmm. So 
wireless connectivity might be available and but internet faster than five megabits a second, which is you know amongst the recommended streaming for HD video, let's say. So something faster than that at a reasonable cost is often not, which significantly limits or eliminates someone's ability to not only you know engage in consumerism online, but hinders them from being able to set up their own online store or sell mm. their unique wares from their remote community because they don't have reliable internet to be able to do that. So that's a really tough kind of factor there. Mm -hmm. And um, But that said, like on a positive side, on that exciting side, back to what, where I was starting there, when you see these national competitions, like for example, the Canadian Export Challenge that's happening totally virtually, or you know, there's investment and mentorship conferences like Uniting the Prairies, which mm. happens by collabs out of Saskatchewan, but again, goal to unite the prairies. All these conferences going 100% virtual, well, that is going to give rural and remote entrepreneurs the opportunity to participate a lot more easily. So I am hoping to see some exciting things coming out of these regions because of that increased support mm -hmm. where geography no longer plays a, a negative role. Mm. Um, but of course, there is that other side of the coin where connectivity needs to come with it. So maybe that's going to be our satellites that are floating above us that will give internet to more remote areas. But we're going to have to kind of wait and see because today it's still not affordable and accessible to many Canadians. Yeah, it's, it's a really important point. And, and I think it's a, a default posture that many people in urban centers don't consider that, you know, it's it, accessibility to consistent internet. I think that consistency word is so key that you might have it um, in, in more fragmented um, spaces or it's not always reliable. That has a huge impact on your access to these types of supports or resources, um, but it does feel like this this really Herculean challenge to overcome. Um, you know, how do we address this either in bite-sized pieces or are there any, you know, recommendations that you've had or with your work with Tech Manitoba to, to almost move the dial a little bit on this to improve it at least slightly, uh, particularly under COVID-19? Yeah, there are a lot of small programs floating around, but mm. they definitely feel like scratching the surface. Yeah. Um, you know, so for example, with Tech Manitoba during COVID, one thing we did was we did a big donation drive for people to give in their old desktop computers or laptops mm. they don't use anymore. I know you could, everyone even listening can probably think of some you have under your bed um, <laughs> there, or in the drawer, you know. There is a program called Computers for Schools, and it's actually all across Canada. There's a branch here called Computers for Schools Manitoba. Um, and what they do is refurbish old computers. So we had we formed a partnership with them, cool. did this drive, got a bunch of computers, and we they totally wipe everything off them so there's no risk of having any personal information. And then they refurbish them with a totally clean new interface. And we were able to donate those back out to Manitobans in need um, during COVID who didn't have access to a computer. So that, Amazing. you know, there was a lot of articles about this digital divide during COVID, mm -hmm. especially families with numerous kids that couldn't do their homework, that couldn't do their work, mm -hmm. that couldn't participate in society, especially imagine you're a senior or a person who is single living alone and you didn't have a computer because maybe you're low income or you're a new Canadian. Mm -hmm. And so how are you supposed to communicate or really like participate in the economy? Maybe you have a phone, but it's very different than, you know, applying for jobs on a computer or doing research or buy purchasing things on a computer. Right. So the having an actual desktop or laptop makes such a big difference. And one thing we did with that was we added videos onto the desktop so that you did not need internet connection to learn how to use the computer. So we had a mm. booklet that showed you how to set it up, a physical printed one that came with it. And then it showed you how to get to those, navigate to those videos that were loaded right onto the desktop. So people could start their computer learning without needing internet. And that's a really, was kind of a in, really interesting piece to our program that we did, that we thought really made an impact. Um, and hopefully when those communities do get enough internet access or they are able to plug in and afford internet one day, then they have some of those computer skills already 
in place. Interesting. Wow, that that's really incredible. And great to, yeah, exactly as you've said, we are seeing a movement to have this conversation and COVID-19 has accelerated many digital um, conversations that we're having, but particularly around this accessibility piece, movement that we're seeing from the federal government in terms of funding to, to really expand that, um, and this being potentially top of mind um, to entrepreneurs that may have otherwise, you know, not assumed that it was going to be a challenge. So there could be mm-hmm. great business potential as well to identify these unique opportunities in, in how to expand um, so hopefully this can, this can be a priority, um, you know, for everyone moving forward and, and a sensitivity that we're, we're building. Yeah, and that's a great point, Kayla, because the federal government was the ones who helped in the first place with mm-hmm. a lot of funding for the program I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. And it, it came because about 10, 12 years ago, around 2008, there was a report that came out that showed Canada as lagging behind many other um, kind of industrialized modern countries. Mm-hmm. And so we were, you know, compared to the U.S., compared to Australia, compared to Sweden, you know, Switzerland, many other countries that you might compare us to, we were lagging behind when it came to digital literacy competencies. Mm. And then if you looked at the job market around that time, too, 86% of jobs in Canada were saying they required basic computer skills, basic digital literacy competencies. So now mm. with COVID, my assumption is that that number has only increased dramatically, mm. the requirement to have computer skills, to have even entry-level jobs. Mm-hmm. And so without training around digital literacy and without having that conversation of connectivity, uh, that number that we're not going to move the dial there, right? Mm-hmm. So the federal government mm-hmm. totally has acknowledged that. And it's been, you know, exciting to be part of a program that is making a difference in that. Because I think, you know, it may not be as sexy of a topic as mm-hmm. some others when it comes to supporting the community at large. But technology is so much a part of our future. Mm-hmm. And we do have to start doing something about it now. Mm-hmm. Completely agree on that. So when you think of some of the, the specific supports for rural entrepreneurs, or specifically for rural women entrepreneurs, um, including, uh, you know, the, these digital elements or beyond, what are the, the key supports that, that you could point to based on your experience working in, with those communities? Yeah, there are so many, and I'm excited to to give you this information yeah. because, and and you know, before I even give it, the one thing I will say is that there are resources out there to help female entrepreneurs. So if they, if you are looking to build a business in Canada, other than what I'm telling you here, if you're not in the market I'm talking about, just do a quick online search or mm-hmm. ask around. There are not-for-profit groups dedicated specifically to helping you achieve your entrepreneurial dreams, mm-hmm. and they're not for profit. So they're not there to take your money. They're there to just literally help you. So take advantage. Don't be shy and and don't wait. Like they're there and no question is a dumb question. And you know, they're there to help you with their resources. So, um, they want you to come to them. So there, there shouldn't be any kind of hesitation there, which I think, you know, a lot of people find in asking for help, especially if they don't totally have their idea totally formed yet. Mm -hmm. They feel maybe embarrassed, but that's, what they deal with every day. And so don't feel that way and definitely do a quick search and find what you have locally. But so here in in the prairies, um, Kaylee and Josiane, who I talked about earlier, they'll boast about how amazing of an experience they had with the free mentorship and supports for women that came from Women's Enterprise Center of Manitoba. Mm. So they have, in their normal programming, they support female owned or partnered businesses. So the female, if it's a partner business, the female has to be 51% or more. Mm -hmm. And then they'll give you some amazing loans as well as advisors and mentorship. And right now they also have a new program called Rural Reset. Um, So specifically for rural areas and it's around pandemic support. And they've got small cohorts of women that are online or also they do have some opportunities to do it in person if if you're working near a community futures office or some of the chambers of commerce that they have, that they work with. But 
with that rural reset program, they've got a lot of workshops with industry experts to help you with marketing, with content creation, with finance, with understanding your projections for cash flow or operations. So they have a lot that you can look at and they're all around the province of Manitoba. Mm -hmm. Um, if you are an innovative tech startup, definitely look at North Forge. So they have an office in Winnipeg. They also have one in Eastern Manitoba, in Pinawa, and another in the Paw. So that's our kind of Northern Manitoba representation. So North Forge has accelerators and incubators, again, for more innovative tech startups. And if you are a small business that maybe doesn't fall under innovative tech, look for your local chamber of commerce. And that, you know, probably applies across the country, but they've all got right now really good pages of online resources that are all in one spot. So that's a really good place to start because they'll connect you to other business resources that maybe I don't have time to mention here. So, um, and many rural and regional areas also have one that it usually will capture a general air geographic area that is rural. So it might not be one in your small town, but there'll be one nearby. And so there's usually those umbrellas under for certain communities. And again, they'll always have a business resource page on their site. Um, there are more I can mention. So TechWest Canada, they do a virtual trade accelerator. And right now they're mm. accepting new people for a one-on-one -on -one virtual coaching program that's oh. designed to help companies conquer markets overseas. Mm. So maybe after people are going through the Canadian Export Challenge, they can <laughs> hop over there and do mm -hmm. some virtual coaching with, uh, with TechWest Canada. And um, there's Colabs, that's an accelerator mm -hmm. incubator, much like North Forge, but in Saskatchewan. And um, of course, there's funding supports and resources from groups like NRC IRAP, and they mm -hmm. offer financial assistance and advisory services, and also a lot of like R&D expertise across Canada. And, you know, luckily with everything being online now, you can take advantage of workshops from city centers too. Like even if you are rural or remote, because so many things have moved online, for example, look at uh, the World Trade Center Winnipeg. They have a series of free online workshops to help you get your business off the ground. So including, for example, how to register your business in Manitoba, which is a step mm. that a lot of people find daunting, right? It's government paperwork. They're not sure how to mm -hmm. do it. They have to go to the company's office. Well, there's a lot, there's a way to do all that online now and they can walk you through it step by step. They also have workshops on things like how to set up an e-commerce store. So if you were typically maybe like a small wares shop and you did things like um, farmer's markets and stuff like that, and you now want to go online, that might be a really good resource for you there too. I know there's tons of videos on YouTube, but sometimes it's nice to just have someone you can ask questions of and do those workshops. So that's a great resource. And then again, if you didn't find it in everything I'm just talking about, Google terms like economic development office or business mm -hmm. resource center and then include your town name and you'll be surprised to find how many regional areas have these and then simply call them call them and ask what mm -hmm. supports they have for small business or startups like yours and they'll want you to take advantage of them like I started by saying here so so there's a good list but other than that I say good luck because there are definitely people there willing to help you my goodness that was a very fantastic robust list I love that Margo that was so helpful I'm <laughs> frantically writing down so we can share all these resources right? in yeah. every other possible way uh, and obviously I'm very familiar with North Forge as being one of uh, our community members through the Startup Canada Community Network so uh, phenomenal people um, and, and really great list that you provided there so thanks for, for that really deep dive um, uh, you're welcome. that's what this podcast is all about <laughs> yeah awesome so when thinking about building a business in the Canadian prairies and, and and through your experience with Tech Manitoba or with uh, you know the conversations you've had with the Start Podcast, what is really the best advice that you've received or given to women entrepreneurs looking to build a business in the Canadian prairies? Yeah, you know, and my advice for general advice on starting a business will probably be a little bit different. But for women, I would say the a really important thing to remember is that you can be more than one thing 
Mm. I think a lot of women run into this wall of, well, I'm a mom or I'm a teacher or I'm a soft-spoken person or I'm more of a helper than someone who starts a business, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like you can be all of those things and you can also be an entrepreneur and a leader and a change maker. So Mm -hmm. you can be whoever you want to be. Amazing. I love that. And that's an interesting point, actually, that so many women entrepreneurs don't think of themselves as entrepreneurs. They say, oh, you know, I've got a little side business or I do a little or I have a project is language that we hear very often. And like, no, these, you know, you're a woman entrepreneur. You're running a business. You have this great role that is also multifaceted, that you can also be doing more than one thing. But even just mentally um, encouraging women to take on entrepreneurship as their job or as, you know, their career, there's also a lot of work to do in in navigating that territory too. Totally. And I mean, I even did it when I started the podcast, mm-hmm. I kind of said, Oh, I have this, this podcast, I have this project. I'm, I'm creating content, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it was a business, right? Mm-hmm. Like we had sponsors and we had deadlines and we had, you know, all the things that a business has. Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, when you, when you come to realize that and you're able to communicate it, people are more willing to help you. They understand what you're working on. It is so important that we don't feel like it's just a project or just something small that we're working on. Think of maybe counterparts, perhaps male, in, in the sake of this conversation, mm-hmm. who would say, I have a side hustle, I have a side business. Oh, yeah, I make money in three different ways. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you are too, you know, be whoever you want to be and, mm. and, and be proud of that and explain that you are more than one thing. You can be a mom and a teacher and also mm-hmm. an entrepreneur on the side if that's what you are. And mm-hmm. you don't even need to use that part of on the side. Like, you know, just yeah. say... I am all these things and it'll get you further. You know, you gotta, that's how you gotta get started. And the narrative plays a big role. Even, um, for example, Alicia, who I explained that amazing salon scale business that's, that's blown up. She used to say, well, I'm a non-technical founder. Well, I'm not, I have a tech company, but I'm not a tech founder, you know? Mm. And then eventually she realized she had to change that narrative because she founded a tech company. Mm -hmm. She did. So Mm -hmm. you don't need to add those words of I'm a non-tech founder. She founded a tech company. The end. You are a tech founder. (laughs) Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, that's a perfect illustration. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's great. Um, any, other, any other final thoughts, Margo? Any final pieces of advice? I know we've covered a lot of ground in today's conversation, which is awesome. Any final um, piece of advice for our listeners that they can take away from our conversation? Yes, I would say the reason we named our podcast Start Podcast is because the one piece of advice that every single entrepreneur on our show always gives is that you need to just start. Mm -hmm. A a friend of mine, Alex Drysdale, who has a cricket protein powder company called Hi, we were literally Mm -hmm. talking about this yesterday. Once your company is up and running and you're learning and you're growing and you're achieving something new, no one ever looks back and says, I wish I would have waited. Hmm. Oh, there you go. There's your call to action today. If you're listening to Thrive, just just start, just begin. And it feels like a very daunting prospect a lot of the time, especially during these unprecedented times. <laughs> um, but I think that is such fabulous advice, Margo, and, and advice that we hear regularly on the, on the podcast. Just go, just do it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it's one of the, the biggest challenges, I think, of entrepreneurship is just to take that initial leap, uh, which takes a lot of courage, but is going to pay off in dividends. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Thrive Podcast today, Margo. This is awesome. Thank you, Kayla. So much fun. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. 
visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.